Hey, everybody. Hey, everyone. This is Zach. And this is Stuart. And uh, tonight, uh, it is episode, I have it as episode 145, uh, oh. which is amazing to me. Like, the numbers yeah. always blow my mind. Um, the but numbers uh, keep on going up. They, they keep going up. Um, uh, yeah, so tonight, uh, we were talking uh, about uh, newspaper comics, but then... We're- just shortly, comics in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shortly in the pre-roll, like I'll probably still use that title unless we come up with something better. But in the pre-roll, you mentioned that uh, you know, like internet comics, comics in general, things like that um, are also a pretty good topic. Topic. And yeah, I, to be because... honest, I don't know if anything I'll talk about is actually even in the newspaper anymore. <laughs> yeah, because when I brought up this subject, um, I had more of a an understanding or an idea that it was just going to be any sort of comic media Um, because back during my college years actually tried putting together a a webcomic myself Um, it only lasted I think like five panels which was you know not the greatest but um, it was something that I was trying it was it was a way to be uh productive and a way to like try to put some i guess inspiration out there as well as try to like create some content and stuff like that yeah but um yeah i definitely was inspired a lot by other web comics as well as just regular newspaper comics and yeah i kind of wanted to explore the media of just comics in general yeah yeah well and and um you know just just going off of where my own particular like history or whatever with this goes is um i remember like as a kid my um grandmother would always because you know we would go and see my grandparents on on my granddad's farm Mm -hmm. um every you know every sunday pretty much like like just for dinner to check in on them and stuff like that. And um, for while, while my parents would like, you know, interact with my grandparents, um, my uh, grandmother will, would have stored up all of the funny pages during the week yeah. from the, my previous visit. Um, <laughs> and that's how I would entertain myself is, is uh, reading a stack of, you know, six black and white uh copies and then the sunday comics that that had come that morning that was yep. the big Which like were in color yeah like they were in color they typically instead of being just one or two pages they were like two or three folds so you had like four or five pages worth of uh, comics to get through um which I mean, you know, when you're eight years old and you're at your grandparents, <laughs> yeah, it's not. <laughs> like a, that's a pretty a, entertaining thing to, to go through. Yeah, I think I digested a lot of my like, I guess, newspaper comics through uh, books, through like the oh, like uh, collected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember my first, I guess, comic that I really got into was Calvin and Hobbes, and they would have. Because Calvin and Hobbes actually kind of had a loose story. It would um, it would have a story thread that kind of ran through it. Yeah. And I thought that it made a fantastic like book. And I remember getting like 
you know, the book and just reading the comics. And they would have like, you know, the comic strips about like three on each page. And yeah. they were split up in like black and whites and the actual colored pages because yeah. they just pulled them straight from what they printed from the newspaper and everything along oh, those yeah. lines. But yeah, I um, I would occasionally read the papers or uh, I guess the new um, comics in the newspaper. Yeah. Uh, my father was a bit of a, well, he was a artist and he occasionally did comic strips for a local newspaper. And uh, that was something that he would do was read the Sunday comics to us when we were very, very young. And yeah, it was something that I remember, but mainly the way that I digested these comics was through those books. Because I remember I had Calvin and Hobbes, I had The Far Side, I had, uh, I think, an old Beetle and Bailey, as well as the the one with the guy and the cat and the dog and pearls before swine. I remember those were a couple of uh, the... Are you thinking of Garfield? No, I'm thinking it was a different one. It was, I forget. It had like a dopey dog and a, a cat with a owner. I should have looked this up before. Mm. Huh. Yeah, yeah, because that just sounds like Garfield. <laughs> it, it it does kind of sound like Garfield, but it isn't yeah. Garfield. Let me. Well, well, like so, one of one of my um, like my hands down favorite comic, I think, and and like you, um, I think my my dad had the the collected versions of these throughout the house, mm-hmm. and I don't, I have no idea what order they were supposed to be read in, um. But they were the like the the uh, the loose like not loose but but they were they, they were the collected versions that were just kind of paperback and you know I would I would read those things over and over and over. Um, get fuzzy, you know. Get fuzzy was the get comic. fuzzy, get fuzzy. Yeah, yeah but um, but yeah, like with with Calvin and Hobbes, like I um, I don't know if you remember like Scientific Progress goes boink or. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> um like the random attack of the super deranged killer mutant snowmen i, yeah. I think was one title yeah. um like one of my favorite collections i think is my uh my parents got me one year for for my birthday is um it's like three or four vi- i've packed it away i can't remember if it's three or four volumes i think it's three but it's a um it's this hardbound you know, from the very first uh, um, strip published in 1985 to the very last one in 1995, mm-hmm. um, all of them are bound in these these big, nice hardcover, full color, or hardcover and um, full color where where they are supposed to be color. Um, yeah, because I guess they went and, back and like maybe colored some of the panels that ran in like the black and white newspapers um well so i my understanding is that bill watterson actually had certain agree because like calvin and hobbs was such a 
popular comic. Mm-hmm. Um, he had some special agreements with some days his his strip had color when the other ones didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean he's he's gone back I think for individual releases and and updated them and colored them. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's so weird how how private he is because like he could have done what uh jim davis did with garfield and just sold out in a heartbeat but like he other than the books like he never really put out any yeah official like there's that unofficial bumper sticker you see of like calvin peeing on things but like yeah that is not not... an official (laughs) i mean it kind of goes towards his writing like he was yeah a bit of a prolific writer like it's funny i read you know, I read these comics now as an informed person or a a person with, I would like to think, some intelligence. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a different um, take than when I was younger and um, I didn't fully, like, understand a lot of the themes in those comics. Yeah, like Calvin and Hobbes is definitely up there with my like favorite uh, comics as well as um, Far Side. I really enjoyed the Far Side as just like a kind of a single panel throwaway sort of deal. Yeah, it's the potato chips of comics. I would like to think. (laughs) Yeah, I the Far Side. And it's funny you mentioned Calvin and Hobbes and Farside. Like those are two at the top of my list. Like Gary, Mm -hmm. like I had the big collected like paperback versions of Farside as well. Um, And they have a complete set like they do with Calvin and Hobbes that I just I don't have yet. But it's something that I plan on getting at some point. Yeah. Um, Just Farside is so um, strange. Like it is. It's. it's, because it's not it's, like gags it's it's yeah it's like a lot these of it, single panels that you know it's very of... surreal like far side is one that that like like you were saying it's it's not um i can't think of any multi-panel far side nope it's all uh, stories they're panels. always just a single like quarter page panel mm-hmm. um and I like he uh, he's recently developed kind Gary Larson um, has recently developed kind of a um, uh, online presence. More recently, he hmm. um, like on the website that he has. He in in twenty twenty last year he's just started st- uh, something on his website called New Stuff. And it's it's new uncollected far side stuff that he's just been working. Just just throwing up there. That's cool. Throwing it up on Instagram or Twitter or whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> Which and is pretty together of... considering he's seventy one. I had no yeah, idea he was that old, but that like makes sense. Puns this stuff together. And again, you know, where Calvin Hobbes kinda stitched together a story. There's not really a story with these uh panels with no. um yeah with the far side but they're pretty funny like even though you know it's just a single panel and it's just kind of like a single idea kind of being portrayed in the panel it's you know they're not all winners but like 
they're pretty clever. And well, the the art style is really interesting too. It's very like round and oblong. Yeah, people kind of look like marshmallows. Yeah. Yeah. And but... it's funny, I always thought of Gary Larson as kind of like um like I'm looking at his Wikipedia right now, and as far as I can tell, he is not a person that I thought he was because like I just assumed he was like I don't know, a scientist of some sort. Like, Farside always seemed to me, like, even though it's surreal, it always seems like it had that bent, you mm-hmm. know? But yeah, he's not a scientist. Just a <laughs> just, just a, a dude. He likes playing jazz guitar and banjo. Nice. <laughs> Did he go to some sort of art school? Uh, I wonder. According to this, he went he to Washington kinda... State University. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder if he just kind of decided to yeah. pick up this on his own or or whatnot yeah he um someone he reminds me uh or i i guess i'm always reminded of the far side is is another one that uh this artist i think is probably contemporaneous with your dad um but he was someone that i started reading when i was in like high school like because the comics would show up in the the alt weeklies and also the newspaper mm-hmm. um but that's uh bizarro by uh, dan perraro hmm. no, i've never heard of that one um it's it's pretty surreal um it, it, it's it's also single panel usually it's some bizarre statement or satire on something yeah um but it's the, there's no like story to it it's just like one of those like Hey, wouldn't it be weird if? <laughs> yeah. And kind of moving into the satire, like Pearls Before Swine, I find is more of like a satire kind of strip where, you know, it's not really 100% trying to tell a story or anything like that, but there's a lot of um, deeper meanings on particular events that are going worldwide. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Mm-hmm yeah it's it it, pearls before swine though is is one that i'd never read because that's the one with the pig right yeah the pig and the mouse and everything yeah i remember that one as being a a satirical one um it it started i think that one started when i first started getting out of regularly reading like newspaper comics because i want to say that one started like in 2000 or 01 yeah i i don't actually remember reading it in the newspaper but it also had a um a book as well like a a oh okay i see what you're saying yeah which you know with it being kind of a bit satire like there were some like satires that stood the test of time but then there were some you know points that had been made that kind of lose their, their yeah looking at them 20 years down the road they're like eh. yeah <laughs> but yeah those um those were kind of like my main ones that i remember reading like yeah. from actual newspapers and stuff like that but you know with the age of the internet and everything along those lines you know most of my comic indulgence is mainly online nowadays 
where you know you've got a lot of like these dedicated websites yeah like um vg cats but they never really update anymore i remember i got big into um oh uh devil's panties uh that was one of the um oh really yeah yeah it was um one of the i guess online comics that kind of drew inspiration it was one of the uh, ones that really kind of inspired me to try to do my own webcomic. Um, I know that the author would occasionally, because I believe she is local here in the uh, Atlanta area, but when DragonCon rolled around, she would occasionally do like panels and stuff like that on webcomics and or, yeah, webcomics, and I remember going and seeing a couple of her panels, and from one of the panels, it kind of inspired me to try to do my own thing, but I am not an artist in any sort of means, but I have, you know, I've done creative writing and everything along those lines, and with the creative writing degree, I decided that I would try to partner up with my father, who was... Uh, somebody who is artistically talented and tried to put together a webcomic. Unfortunately, did not did not work too well. Um, it, a lot of confliction with scheduling and just trying to figure out the well promotion. I'm I'm very bad at promoting myself, <laughs> and um, yeah, unfortunately, it just didn't work out but it was it was a good um experiment just trying to like figure out how to put something out there how to put like a uh well and you had a really unique um layout if i remember right in that you had like uh yeah it was like a narrative and then also a strip that summarized the narrative yeah so it was which i really like like a, a page where it, it ended up being a bit of a, not a monologue, but like maybe a paragraph. But within that paragraph, there were the panels that were kind of split up a little bit. Yeah. So it wasn't like a fully connecting panel. But as you read through the story, the panels represented events that were happening during the story. So, gotcha. you know, I thought that was interesting but um it did take quite a lot of work and unfortunately with you know my father and everything along those lines trying to you know do his job and everything along those uh lines it just it didn't work out yeah 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 well i um yeah i i can't imagine the amount of time it takes to just do like a daily strip (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's quite a lot of um a lot of work was there any particular web comics that you yeah yeah i so um the ones that first like i don't read this one anymore because like there were some things that the the author did that i'm just like i kind of feel like 
you shouldn't be writing about things like this, but okay. Mm -hmm. um, was a Control Alt Delete? It's one of those those uh, video gamey comics. Um, and he actually reset, like, I wasn't the only person that, that felt this way. <laughs> like, yeah. he, he basically came out with a thing and said, okay, I understand that I may, may have crossed the line. Um, I will reset everything and basically just reformat the way this comic works. Hmm. Um, there, there was a storyline, <laughs> like, basically there was a storyline where it didn't start, so the, the comic didn't start out as having arcs or anything like it was just like one-offs like yeah. a lot of comics and then he started introducing storylines and in a way to get more and more like drama packed into it um he had one of the main characters get this girlfriend uh they were going to get married and she got pregnant and then oh wow she's pretty far along and then she has this miscarriage oh, and it's like wow yeah see what i mean like it takes this it takes a turn that like the rest of the comic had not given like any sort of indication that, that the story would veer off this way yeah um and it's like uh yeah, I mean, I guess it's realistic, but it's like, is your video game comic like the right forum to have this? Yeah, to have this conversation. <laughs> um, so I, that was really the first one I started reading. Um, the ones that I still like, I moved on to like, um, God, what was the one? What was the one with the pink cat? The pink cat. Oh, uh, Scott... BG cats. No, 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 no. The 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 one that was all melty and didn't have any bones. Um, Scott Kurtz is the author. Let's see, Scott Kurtz. What did he mm. write? PVP. Oh, PVP. Yeah, PVP um, is another one. Yeah, I mean, I I remember one of the big web comics, um, and they do like packs and everything like that is penny arcade it, yeah penny ever... arcade is is the other like so i got to penny arcade via pvp i think no oh, okay. um, so yeah like because because when i first started getting when i was in college is when i really because we we you know we were in college um just after the millennium and when all this shit was kind of popping off um like in terms of like web comics mm -hmm. um Penny Arcade was the first one I really, really got into in college and like kept up with. And this is before, well, I'm sure they existed, but I didn't know how to have a feed reader basically. So this was me like setting up folders under my bookmarks and then checking oh, yeah. them whenever they updated. Like I had different folders with the different days that they updated. Yeah. Um, one that I still read is uh, questionable content. Did you? Okay. Did you ever read yeah, that? Yeah, I've. Uh, I remember reading that on the occasion. Um, I've definitely died off on like checking their website. Oh yeah, it's still going. It's it's Good. um, it's it's interesting that the the story because it it's kind of Robert Jordany in that he has like originally he had you know the character Martin, mm -hmm. and there wasn't a whole lot of like 
extra side story. Like they then then he gets Faye, then he introduces Dora and Pint Size and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. He's got so many characters now and so many storylines going ah, that gosh. like it it takes forever for any one of them to wrap up because he's got like there's like 16 or 17 different stories going on at this point with characters that kind of intercross with you because some of them live in the same apartment building some of them are like romantically interested in each other and it's it's this weird like like web comics are able to do things like that like i mean that's not the only one that's just the one i'm familiar with but like i i feel like web comics have the freedom to just introduce all of this and tell it at its own pace mm-hmm. um, yeah uh, and two... it, it oh sorry oh go ahead no what were you going to finish oh so i was going to say that that like the um uh the other freedom i think that why this is a much better topic than the the, the original one the, of just newspaper is that like you know newspaper comics are bound to like um a publishing syndicate right yeah. and so they, they there's much more of a curb on content that they can put out like i'm a huge fan of a lot of newspaper comics but a lot of them have to be squeaky clean and they don't really age with the rest of the zeitgeist as well unless yeah. it's like you know doomsbury or something like that Whereas, like, webcomics, like, there's a couple that I read that are just, well, okay, so I take this back. So, Ogloff is kind of a sex comic, but it's not, like, it's more (laughs) of a strip, and then they have, like, safe-for-work strips. Uh, There's a fantasy one that's, that's like, um, kind of like Rat Queens, but it's just, like, straight-up fucking, um, Hmm. called uh, I Roved Out in Search of Truth and Love. Um interesting i don't know it's it's interesting like i i just have it bookmarked in a feed reader um so it does it doesn't update every day like i don't know what its schedule is because my feed reader will just go for several weeks with no updates and then all of them will drop like yeah like there'll be like 30 pages worth of comics to read and and that's kind of um, <laughs> a weeks. little bit of what they were talking about at least at the panel um uh of doing web comics and everything along those lines like you can end up like making your own website and doing an upload schedule of like a weekly upload schedule or something along those lines and you can mm-hmm. do a lot on your own or you can be like part of a, a web group or something along those lines where it's like its own hosting service and it gives you like a, a place to like upload your information and they do a lot of like the the promotion and just the like site maintenance and things along those lines. So, you know, there are a lot of like good websites out there that just kind of host some comics and you can really just like scroll through that entire website and figure out like oh this is a comic that's interesting to me or something along those lines oh yeah well there's there's one um you may like this if you don't if you're not aware of it um but um there's an app it's and it's 
it's based on an app or it's owned by a company that starts with an N that for the life of me, I cannot remember, but they're a South Korean company. And mm -hmm. um, the, the American version of the app is called Webtoon. Yeah, Webtoons. Uh, I am familiar with it. Yeah, so... Um, I so read like, a lot of... But that's more... Uh, so that's more comic book-ish. And kind, I guess it's... Kind of, here and there. Yeah. They, there's some strips in there, too, because, like, I'm I'm subscribed to... Um, uh, let's see. Let me scroll through here. So I have a subscription to Blue Chair, which is a strip. Mm -hmm. Um most of them like you said they're, they're long form like there's arcs and stuff but another one like sarah scribbles by sarah anderson mm -hmm. is on here and those are all like like kind of like strips but yeah you're right for the most part it's it's mainly like manga ish and like comic ish yeah so i read one of these um series it's, it's a fantastic series it's a series i recommend to people it's called tower of god it is a anime um but i actually really like the the comic better than the anime i believe it's a yeah it's a south korean comic that um that i thought was like super cool and everything along those lines so i recommend it if that's something that you know is interesting to you what's the story um, of tower of god so it is it's about it, it's a kind of a mystery and it's these people who have been like selected to try to travel up this um this tower and if they end up getting to the top of the tower they get like a wish and the main protagonist is trying to um find well trying to find this one love interest but he ends up teaming up with this one interesting kid as well as a um, a dinosaur slash, I guess, dragon type character who is hilarious. Who's probably the best character in okay. the series. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I use Webtoons a lot. And it's great because it gives, it has a lot of... Uh, comics from around the world too like you know this korean comic and yeah i think i think it's a lot of fun just like sort of reading comics from all over the world well oh yeah absolutely well and it's this is also a way for them to kind of track um popularity and actually yeah. get money to the artist based on clicks and, and exactly all or too. just trying to like um, you know decide if something deserves like a like an anime adaptation or something along those lines so. yeah well and and the, i mean there's a netflix show based off one of the ones from webtoon called sweet home it's oh. it's the one where the monsters are attacking the people in that apartment building um and yeah like it's a live action show on netflix oh, that's cool <laughs> um <laughs> It's yeah, and the, the show's actually pretty good. Like I'm, I'm only like a couple of episodes in, but like the comic it's based on is really interesting too. Yeah. Like if you like horror fantasy comics. Yeah. Because you know, truthfully, I don't get a newspaper. I'm not sure if I assume newspapers are still a thing. I'm not 100 percent sure actually. 
Yes, but, uh, they are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm not sure if there's still, like, comics in those. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Are American... Oh, you're just looking up, seeing if... Uh, if there are actual comics yeah, still in the newspaper. Because, again, like, you know, most of the comics that I read nowadays are just all online, given, you know, technology and everything along those lines. And given so that, like... They're kind wanna... of dying. Like, basically, newspapers will post comics online, mm-hmm. um, like under their paywall or whatever. Yeah, but it looks like the practice now was to not take any new strips, mm-hmm. um, which sucks because those artists don't make as much money from it being posted online. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's really hard to try to um, basically monetize your your web comic. I never got that far into my exploration of web comics, but. From the um, panels that I had uh, yeah. gone to, it was a, a thing that people would kind of mention. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, there are some, like, I it, I hate it because, like, there are even some older, well, the, these two examples are ones that I'm going to use because I didn't talk about them earlier, but I still dearly love them. But, like, there are comics that are, when I was a kid, in there that I loved reading from week to week, but the authors of those had been dead for a while. Like the Phantom. Oh, um, and Prince Valiant. I don't know if you remember that one. No. Um, which funnily enough, Prince Valiant actually has a role-playing game where you can play his thing. But yeah, like let me look up Lee Falk. Um, cause he did the Phantom. Yeah. He died in 1999. Like, so who's, who's seeing that? Mm-hmm. Um, Hal Foster did Prince Valiant and Tarzan. He's been dead since '82, so he's been dead longer than I've been alive. Oh wow! So, like, how do you like who's monetizing it from that perspective? Because it's like mm-hmm. you know, I remember reading that comic in the newspaper, but he he'd yeah. been dead since '82, so. I don't know how that works. I'm sure he just sold everything in the syndicate just is like, oh, okay, well, this is free money, I guess. Yeah. Or pays his estate if he had an estate or something like that. True. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but yeah, like, there are, there are older artists that, like, I can't see them being able to set up their own webcomic and monetize it, no matter how popular they are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, maybe Jim Davis, because I know he had kind of a resurgence with... Um, so like there was this person online doing um and and this is actually a a larger movement i think it comes out of like the um the weird twitter like comic set is uh, the strips of of uh garfield without garfield where someone photoshopped garfield out of strips and so i like that one yeah, well, I, I like that one too, but Jim Davis actually approved it. And like, that oh, guy's good. put out books with, with Jim Davis's cooperation of like, yeah, no, this is hilarious. It makes John look, seem absolutely insane. Yeah. Because also it's, um, 
there's a version i think where it's garfield but like all of the speech balloons from garfield and odie or not odie because he never really spoke but all of garfield's speech balloons are stripped out and so it looks like john is having this conversation with no one (laughs) yeah which makes him just look like he's a crazy person but um i'm glad to hear that uh the actual creator of garfield was okay with that because i I do see you know there's a couple of uh people artists that i follow on like instagram and twitter and some of the instagram um and twitter uh people end up putting out comics just like you know there are a couple of panels on on instagram where you just kind of flip through or on twitter you just get the updates on these particular uh uh, stories and stuff like that and it's interesting how media's kind of moved from paper to digital and like the whole um process of that and i'm sure you know come 10 years will probably be like oh yeah you remember when like stuff was all on your phone well now it's on your magical retinas that you can look through things yes i don't know where i was going with that one well retinas, like, like with the the remixes one of my um one, one of my favorite ones because like garfield without garfield is funny Mm-hmm. um Nietzsche family circus is hilarious to me mm-hmm. are you are you familiar with what family circus is i did i am um i'm not so, like well so for really anyone who's it. not it's kind of that like throwback to like dick van dyke ish family and like you know 2.5 kids let me see when family circus was uh originally started yeah so it 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 launched in 1960 it's been around for a while um and that the family hasn't ever really changed or anything but nietzsche family circus is a website that takes a random um family circus uh one one -er Mm -hmm. and pairs it with a nietzsche quote so like i'm on it right now and there's one where the little kid is watching television and pointing at the vacuum cleaner and the mom is looking at him like, what? And he's saying something. And the way the text is set up, it looks like the kid is telling his mom, no one lies so boldly as the man who is indignant. Mm. Mom making breakfast for all the kids at the table. The same kid is saying, God is a thought who makes crooked all that is straight. It just the bizarre pairing of Nietzsche with the family circus is hilarious to me. I don't know. There's something about that that tickles my brain in the right way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, like a a helpful resource, I think, um, for for like if if anyone is interested in like the style of because like the. um, you know re- reading comics in america there, there's a certain flow to them and there, there's there's a, a set of books by a guy named scott mcleod that i highly recommend to anyone who's interested in like the navel gazy like why do i like this comic type thing mm-hmm. and it's called uh one of them i th- uh, let me pull this up yeah understanding comics the invisible art 
And he, like, from an academic and graphic design viewpoint, he goes into why comics work a certain way and how, like, even if you're reading something like manga that is the complete reverse of how an American comic is, like, you can adapt quickly. And this is how, like, to optimize bringing information into your reader's brain. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean... it's it's a really fascinating thing. It's It's kind of stodgy or not stodgy it's um because it's, it's mainly a comic it's you would not be incorrect if you described it as slightly pretentious because it's also an art book um i highly recommend it i like it um yeah i mean there were a lot of like so in some of the um classes uh that i took there are also because i i ended up taking a class in college about comics and we read a lot of um actual just like comic comics and comics can be a great media where mm-hmm. I, I believe it's called the funny house it's a a bi a biography of this one person this one woman okay and she's just kind of going through her life and it's all set up in it's you know a a full novel but it's all through comic media and even like talking about something as complex as like world war ii mouse or mouse yeah mouse yeah Yeah. is a a really interesting um piece of media that's again told through the lens of comics but it it's interesting because you know it's it replaces people with actual mouses and i guess it's a little bit easier to absorb that information um just given the um severity of the subject that you're talking about so so yeah i mean i feel like comics aren't just subjected to basically newspapers and uh, I'm glad that we have, you know, kind of like hit that fact where it's just not like newspaper <clears throat> comics. Yeah. Comics is a complex and interesting media that can be used in all sorts of different ways. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I, I feel like that, that ties a nice enough bow up on, on the topic. I am. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, like I, um, I don't know what to say other than yeah i i wish i could go back and and read old newspaper comics but that's just not a market anymore it seems like yeah <laughs> i guess you just have, kind of have to transition to transition to media. yeah web webtoon is uh like i've got a ton of comics stored in there to to read through <laughs> yeah and uh, so i do recommend that as an app for people who are interested in like you can go in through there and like tip your your the 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 artist or subscribe or you know do do all this stuff and yeah um actually make sure your your artist is getting the the compensation they deserve Mm -hmm. um but yeah i guess with that do you want to move on to me me me's sure yeah so uh let's see i've got four things this week. okay uh i only have two things so you can knock it out Gotcha. So, um, I guess all of three of mine are movies. So I'll go through those, let you go 
and then I'll talk about my last thing, which is a game. Sure. And then you can talk about your last thing when we close out. <clears throat> so first thing is uh, watch the documentary called Scary Stories. Um, and this transitions nicely, I think, from what we were just talking about into Mimi Me's because this is a documentary on, uh, do you remember the scary stories to tell in the dark? Scary when you were a kid. You mean there's a so there's a set of three books that that a lot of kids were like you know this is the thing you get from the scholastic book fair and it's like really creepy right <laughs> oh the thing um, about like yeah i remember one of those stories was like this woman with a ribbon around her neck and she was like uh yeah. don't don't touch that ribbon don't touch that ribbon and at the very end spoilers uh um, yeah <laughs> the the uh i guess her husband pulls the ribbon and like her head falls off. Yeah. yeah. I remember actually, um, I was in the, the library or uh, like elementary school library and they had it on audiobook. And I listened to that and the narrator was super creepy. I yeah, had well, uh, quite, quite a few nightmares about that particular story. Well, it's, it's funny. The, um, so the documentary, like, kind of chronicles the author's life alvin schwartz was the author and he was kind of this this folklorist and if you read those books they're just collected like folk songs and campfire stories and things like that like they're not really creep that as creepy as you would think they are they they have this like um reputation to be mm -hmm. um stephen gemmel is the guy whose art is in there that is just horrifying. Like it looks, yeah. it's so gross. And I think, you know what I'm talking about, but they changed the art um, at some point and they took it all away because so many parent groups were complaining. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like the stories are not as scary when, <laughs> when they're not paired right. Um, yeah. When they don't have that creep factor to it. And so they've recently like, reintroduce them and put them back in where, where they should be like i still have a copy of the the like slipcase version that has all three of them oh, that cool. i got like when i was a kid yeah <laughs> and yeah the the art in it and like the stories and the songs and stuff in it are still kind of creepy when paired with the art mm -hmm. <laughs> um, the, the the green ribbon story that you were talking about is um horrifying the the one with the uh the girl that has uh spiders hatch from under oh, yeah. her face always terrified oh, yeah well that's um, interesting that they're going to make it into a um netflix adaptation oh no they they uh made that into a live action movie oh it's a movie on yeah netflix, yeah I, so they did something completely boneheaded in my opinion they uh, like based on on the books i would have assumed oh we're just going to make an anthology and make a bunch of different stories but instead apparently what they did is they turned turned it into one long story <laughs> oh that's kind of strange <laughs> which is we that yeah that references all of like all of the ones that you you could picture um yeah based on the art but it's like man i i I kind of feel like you should just make one movie that's made up of a bunch of, of a bunch of smaller ones. Yeah, <laughs> to be honest, seems yeah. Just do like a bunch of smaller stuff. 
Yeah, but uh, but yeah, strange. no. Scary Stories is on um, um, Amazon Prime right as of this recording, but mm. uh, it's a really good documentary. I'd recommend it if if you're interested in the juxtaposition of parents groups censoring people for writing folklore because of the scary pictures inside. <laughs> ah. Um and then the uh the next two things are that I um I watched a couple movies. Um one of them was I'm not gonna go too far into it because I think I want to cover it as a separate topic at some point. But it's okay. called Your Highness. And I can like this movie completely fell underneath my radar. Like, and I don't know how, yeah. but it, it came out in like 2010, 2011. And it's, it's got Danny McBride in it. It's got James Franco in it. Hmm. It's got Natalie Portman. In it. That's strange. Yeah. It's yeah. Like it's got some big name people in it, but it's, um, it's it's a, a a sword and sorcery fantasy movie, kind of like like you know a crawl or something that would have come out in the eighties. That yeah, it came out in like twenty ten or twenty eleven, and I it 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 must have come out and then gone away because yeah, huh. it's it's the type of thing that is directly in my wheelhouse, and I just recently saw it on Netflix, and I'm like, where where has this movie been? Yeah, <laughs> but um. The last thing I'll talk about is kind of a watch if, you know, your mileage may vary. Um, to be honest, I was kind of looking forward to this adaptation and I got really bummed watching it. Uh, is uh, Monster Hunter. Oh, uh, that sucks to hear that. It's not um, great. Well, so it's like, it's good and it's fun. And if you like the Resident Evil style movie, because it's, it's the guy that made the Resident Evil movies. Mm-hmm. If you like that type of movie, you'll probably have a good time with it. The reason I got bummed is so I'm I'm not a huge Monster Hunter fan. Yeah. But this movie seemed interesting to me and I know enough about like the aesthetics of it that it's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I can see how this would be a really cool movie." Yeah. So many times like it's it's I know that the the characters are fighting monsters and mm-hmm. in fact hunting and killing them. Yeah, I gotta get that loot. But get that drops. Well, like, you know what I don't need are graphic depictions of even if they're fake animals suffering. Like, uh, like there's there's they go a couple, hard on that. Well, like there's a couple fights where they're like like there's a character that's like right in front of the eye of this giant monster. And that you see another character like digging around with their sword in its head. And then they twist, there's this big meaty ripping sound. And then like it focuses in on the eye as it uh, disorients and the pupil will like contract and then go really tight hmm. and then contract. Like, like you would see if something was being stabbed in the brain and its head scrambled like i i don't know why they felt the need to do it because like um like jurassic world has this scene where like you just see a bunch of dinosaurs on fire and a bunch of dinosaurs like drowning right mm-hmm. and it's like 
I don't know, man. Like, I know they're CG monsters, but, like, can we not have, like, <laughs> these fake animals suffering on screen? Yeah. Um, luckily, you know, Monster Hunter, like, it's just a couple of scenes. Um, the movie itself is fun. That's good. Barring the hunting scenes where it's just like, yeah, I'm going to zoom in on this eye as the, <laughs> as the spirit leaves the body. <laughs> and, like, does it get any, like i guess weird levels of like gear or anything along those lines yeah i mean there are scenes of her like forging her her new gear when she she defeats this monster because like the the basic story i i don't know if this is true in the game but in the the movie um her and her team get pulled through a portal in the middle of the desert (laughs) um because they're soldiers from our earth um and they get pulled into this other world right yeah and so she has to learn how to make her way hunt the monsters new world and hunt the monsters and stuff so like yeah she finds someone who has been stranded in this area and teaches her how to you know fight the monsters fight the monsters and get gear and get good Get good, yeah. But yeah, those, those were my movie adventures. What, cool. uh, what what was your first thing? Uh, so I recently played a game on Steam. It's actually fairly cheap, and it was on my wish list. Oh. It's called um, Frostpunk. It's, oh, yeah. Yeah. So the reason that it's, it's cheap, I think it was like $7, is uh, Frostpunk 2 is coming out soon. So mm-hmm. they're doing, like, a promotion of, like, play the first game so you can, you know, kind of know what's happening with the second game and everything along those lines. Now, I'm not a big fan of the top-down, um, I forget what the the name of the genre is, but, like, when you're building buildings and you're managing resources and things along those lines. Oh, management sim? Uh, kind of yeah where you know you're just kind of like it's not a sieve based game you're basically you're around this reactor this like heating reactor and you're like building out and um basically the world has gone into like a a winter apocalypse because of nuclear war and everything like that so it's constantly just winter all the time so you really have to like manage heat you have to manage like your workforce you have to build roads because like you know if you build a a mine out for coal and stuff like that and you don't build roads well they're just going to like go through the um the snow and there's a good chance that one of your workers or some of your workers will get hypothermia or Mm -hmm. die from frostbite or something along those lines so it definitely has that like grim feel to it which is an interesting aesthetic. It's something that um, that I haven't really played around with too much, but um, but it's been actually pretty fun. Just like with the the mechanics that they have, and with just this like world, like you're not building a world; you're building more of like a little outcove and everything along mm-hmm. those lines, and. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. It's been something that um, I'm happy that I purchased, and it's something that I'm happy that um, I've been kind of putting some time into. And 
it doesn't seem like it's too long to beat. Um, I've put in about five hours, and I think I'm almost done, or maybe halfway done, unless there's a twist. Uh, a twist. I think it's a little... So the main story is only about ten hours, it looks like. Yeah. If you complete it, it's 43. Yeah, I don't think I'm... Because, you know, you can get all those team achievements and everything like that. Um, and I'm I'm not down for that. I've just, I enjoy playing a game and getting to the end. Sometimes I'll go back and try to get secret endings, but I'm not sure if I'm going to do that uh, for this game. Well, like, Frostpunk is is an interesting game like it definitely forces a bunch of moral choices i think because yes, like it does like i have it on ps4 and when when i first started like I, I didn't finish it um it's one of those that you know i stopped playing it for two or three weeks and i forgot what i was doing <laughs> but um but i um i remember like some of the choices being like well I can make all these kids work 24 hour shifts That's right or i can have half of my city die from hypothermia yeah. well it looks like <laughs> work. Yeah, yeah looks like these kids are working 24 hours for the time being yeah <laughs> it's like, and there's a part where there's um there's people who like are basically like peace out i'm going to go to this other place yeah um again a little bit of spoilers i guess uh, they're called Londoners, and um, yeah, the thing is, you can like start building propaganda centers and put, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can start like making prisons and like throwing people into jail and stuff like that. But yeah, there's there's a lot of moral decisions. There's a a big part of the game where you have to determine like if you're going to go more of the um, military like um, forceful route or if you're going to go towards like. I think the two choices are like order and like not religion, but like order and hope or something along those lines. Hmm. I went with order. Gotta keep the order, <laughs> keep it strong. But um, but yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. It's it's been a game that I've wanted to check out for a while. Um, again, I'm not big into that whole like city building survival kind of games because it's a game that you really have to manage your resources. Like if you ever run out of coal for your like your engine trying to keep everything warm, then you are fucked. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's a, it's been a fun game. I'm glad that uh, I ended up purchasing it and yeah, I, I would recommend it if that's sort of your... Um, your jam these like city builder games yeah um well yeah and uh, my last thing is also a video game it's a um i i did not play but i would so i watched my wife play through um the prequel to life is strange called before the storm oh yeah um life is strange is like a game that that like she really latched onto. mm-hmm um, and I, I, I like the story. Um, it's, it's interesting having this prequel, uh, because it's, it's similar to the first game that 
the first game that came before it, but it's the prequel too. <laughs> yeah. It um it's much different uh than that. It's similar though, because one of the characters is the same. Um I think that they're very well written. Um it they kind of have the telltale problem of like being a diamond rather than a triangle. Yeah. <laughs> um because they they i mean they have to force you into like one of three or four different endings um yeah which is unfortunate yeah and it's it's interesting because this is the only type of graphic adventure game i can think of being made now that telltale has uh gone under Mm -hmm. and it's a really interesting genre that i feel like lots of people overlook because this one has some walking scenes in it. it. It's not open world by any means. Like you're on a screen and you're interacting with that screen. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, like I said, it's it's a, a form of game that no one really makes anymore. Hmm. Um, it's published by Square Enix, though. Um, so, you know, it's it's definitely got to focus on story. Like this is a very narrative heavy game. Yeah, I'm sure it's got money behind it, too um what square I don't know yeah i mean well they, they published it they didn't develop it yeah. um but let's see so deck nine who i've never heard of um did the development on it they mainly did okay so yeah as deck nine they did the port of life is strange before the storm the remastered collection and uh the third one that came out earlier this year Hmm. which is a different like the second and third ones are different characters but you know similar type of graphic adventures yeah um but it's a really interesting thing uh life is strange actually has a i think the comic book series that's based on it follows the characters from the first game oh cool um but uh but yeah no i i watched her play through that because it's only like three chapters and so it's it's not a very long prequel yeah Um, it's mainly meant for replay of like okay go back and see how this conversation would have changed the game (laughs) yeah it's for people who've completed it who want to try try their hand well and and i will say this like telltale has a much narrower diamond whereas this game has a very fat diamond like the middle sections all have like oh wow that would have made me branch off into this thing but they they all end in like three or four different endings yeah um it but like it's interesting the how convoluted the twists and turns will make will be to get you where they want you to be mm-hmm. so yeah that was that was my um my time okay yeah so the last thing i did um was i watched the movie but it's a movie that i already had seen before and i kind of talked a little bit about it in one of the memes um it was the demon hunter mugen train oh yeah uh, yeah did you buy it no no i um i digitally rented it um gotcha. 
because again, I went and saw it in theaters and it was, it was really awesome. And I really enjoyed it. And I kind of just wanted to watch it again. Um, because I've been watching, rewatching some of the uh, older episodes and everything like that. And even for like a second time watching it, it really holds up. And I, again, I'm not sure if I touched upon this, but like, I'm really surprised on like how much action and story progression happened during that movie. Because with most anime movies, they're usually just filler arcs or they're a flashback that really doesn't affect the overall story. Just so if people didn't go and see that movie, they're not missing out on anything. Right. But like, if you actually want to continue like watching the series, I think you would be really confused on what exactly happened if you hadn't seen this movie. Mm. So I'm just really surprised that they put like actual stakes into the movie where, you know, there were, it felt like there was meaning behind the movie. It felt like there was something that could actually happen as well as an actual um, like confliction as well as things that were moving the storyline. And just the visuals, even with them not being on like a large screen, they're still pretty amazing given exactly what you were hoping for with like watching the movie on your screen and everything like that. So I was very impressed. Uh, I'm happy that I was able to, you know, digitally download it. And I was happy that I could spend the money to do that and, you know, give it a rewatch. Nice. Yeah. I, I need to watch the show. It's in my queue on Netflix. But, yeah, it's uh, only I, a season, two seasons. Uh, I don't know. It, so they have it set up as one season, but it's like twenty four episodes. So I don't know if they yeah. did like a split season or, or whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, I mean it's it's beautifully done, um, just animation style, and uh, yeah, it is a um, a show or a, not shogun, um, a. Sh- gosh i'm blanking on the word um a shonen yeah shonen it is a shonen but you know i like shonens i enjoy you know my shonens i enjoy watching naruto and one piece and there's a couple of new ones that uh i'm going to probably have to take the time and maybe investigate yeah well, it's funny that um, I had a coworker recommend I I read Demon Slayer. Mm-hmm. Um, like, but he's he's super into different shonen anime, and he's like, "Yeah, I um, you might like this because I know you like the weird stuff." Um, and he's like, "I could never get into it because all the characters look like they're they're in like second or third grade." <laughs> Like he just doesn't mm-hmm. like the way they're they're illustrated, I guess. Um, 
because he he calls it that 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 kid fight movie um i like the the animation though from from what i've seen of the like one episode i've seen of the show um i think it's the the animation is done really well so i would assume with a larger budget the movie just looks fantastic yeah um an anime i think that you might like it's um not shojin but um have you heard of chainsaw man yes yes i have and i do like chainsaw man <laughs> oh have you watched it um no i've mainly just seen stills online yeah um <laughs> the uh yeah the manga is really good uh, yeah i I've haven't heard, actually i've heard it's super gross <laughs> yeah it's it's weird but it's that kind of weirdness that i think would be up your alley yeah i i do really like the bizarre nature of just chainsaw guy with chainsaws her hands just running around and doing what you'd expect and a face yeah his face is also a chainsaw yeah. <laughs> i always forget that but yeah the the art looks really wild mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i can't believe that they're making that into an anime yeah um but yeah, that that said, I guess uh, we can wrap things up. Um, All right. The current book club book is uh, Mallory, mm-hmm. uh, the sequel to Bird Box. Yeah. Um. Which. Yeah, I can't wait to to have our discussion on that. I I assume it will also be very short, but. Um, <laughs> it's it's uh yeah mallory uh we'll probably talk about that in a little bit and um yeah that's that's all we got going on right now i think the the next episode is going to be video game remakes that we want to see yeah (laughs) so um look forward to that we'll see you guys here uh in a couple weeks all right bye bye